Good morning. Welcome to Talkline on the Metro News Radio Network, broadcasting from the AARP location at the Coventure Studios at the upper rotunda of the state capitol. Happy crossover day. We're underway. Do not attempt to change the station. You are surrounded. We interrupt this program to bring you an emergency news bulletin. Repeat, this is an emergency bulletin. Keep your radio turned on. From the studios of WVRC Media and the Metro News Radio Network, the voice of West Virginia, comes the most powerful radio show in West Virginia. This, this is Metro News Talk Live with Hoppy Kerchival. Check set line up like Activated Telos Telephone. Switch network control from Charleston to Morgan Center. Stand by. Q Hoppy, you're on. Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encoga Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encoga.com to learn more. Good morning once again from the upper rotunda of the West Virginia State Capitol. Glad you are with us. And it uh, naturally we're here following the legislative session. And today's crossover day and you go, okay, what's the big deal? This is probably the second most important day of the 60-day session. The most important day is the last day because things either pass or don't pass on that day, on that deadline. But crossover day is the day where bills originating in a particular chamber must be out of that chamber to the other chamber by the end of the day. This is the day where a lot of bills either move or die. Joining us here on set is Senate President Craig Blair, who looks like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders this morning. Is that right? Uh Maybe. <laughs> good morning. Good morning to your but, listeners. But, but correct, right? I mean, today is a gigantic day in terms of what moves and what doesn't. Yes. And uh, we've on the Senate side, we've done a good job of managing our bills, getting them over to the House. And we've been running House bills all along, so we got a pretty smooth operation when it comes to managing that. And uh, it, it, there's just a... I can't walk down the hallway uh, <laughs> and somebody not lobbying me for a bill... And I give all kinds of autonomy to the chairs. And then most people know that uh, we have uh, a caucus every morning. And it's like the board of directors. And so it makes it so that we all understand what we're doing and what we're attempting to do and trying to keep it with knowledge is the thing that makes this operation work well. If you're if the truthful knowledge, you got to know the right things, and if you've got that, it smooths out the operation. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm, I know that people are going to wonder, like, am I going to ask you about this or this or this? Bills that have passed the House, I probably am not going to ask you about because you don't know yet what they are. Yeah, okay, I'll steer so away from that, them. That's a House <laughs> issue right now. We will get to those, but I do want to start with the unemployment bill. And this is a bill that you and others in the Senate have, have passed or wanted to pass for a couple of years. It's never gotten through the House, and it's getting a lot of discussion late in this session. It would do a couple of things. One is that it would lower the number of weeks that an individual in West Virginia is eligible for unemployment from 26 to 12 if if the unemployment rate is below five and a half percent and right now it's below right now it's 4.3 percent. Let, let's stop talking about that because uh, that's the tr- that one the indexing bill is off the table. Uh, we're looking at a different way of going about doing it. Look, I, I like the indexing. Florida's used it, and they went from a $6 billion nightmare for their trust fund to where they're up above. But Florida is different from West Virginia. West Virginia uh, has a lot of diversity in our socioeconomic status and the job opportunities that can be had. We So it's come to light that there's probably a different way to go about doing this, and that is, is that I, we're 
that's let me back up for a minute. Those bills that, that you were describing there are on the table right now, but I've, I ran those out of committee the other day so that we've got vehicles to be able to amend and be able to put them in. I was anticipating the House of Delegates somewhere in the last five weeks of being able to send us something, but that didn't happen. And then so I had this awareness, and this is one that's near and dear to my heart, because if we want to attract business into the state of West Virginia, we're out of line with our unemployment and what we charge these businesses. And so we've got to be able to get that tax straightened out so that we can keep the job and the economic activity, the growth coming in. In fact, if I had my way, about it, we'd rename unemployment to reemployment because that's exactly what this is. Okay. And so, so, so to be clear, that reducing the number of weeks eligible for unemployment from 26 to 12, if the unemployment's below a certain rate, that is off the table. It's off the table. Okay. What I'm hearing is that what you want to do is say, we'll keep it at 26 weeks uh, eligible for unemployment. However, you will start at something like 70% of the average wage uh, that you're eligible to receive. And then over time, that would scale down to like a 30 or 40% of what you're eligible to receive. In other words, keep it at 26 weeks, but scale down the amount available. Is that is that your thinking? Yeah, that is the thinking. Now, you, it's not 26 weeks. It'll go to 24 and the reason for it is the math of it. You got four weeks on 70%, four weeks on 65, four weeks on 60, four weeks on 55, four weeks on 50, and four weeks on 45. That's what we're looking at. And actually, uh, the, the high amount right now that you can draw on unemployment, if you made the maximum wages, what you can draw would be $662. The proposal that we have in place would make increase it to $713. But then it would slide down, and if you were still on unemployment on the 24th week, you would get $458.65. Craig, what's, but, go ahead, go ahead. I, I still need to add something else. We're also going to have in this bill that where you're going to be able to work and make up to those wages so that you're still paying taxes, you're still working, it may be a part-time job, and you'll also be playing, paying in to the unemployment fund for those jobs. So it'll make it, we know that a lot of people that when they're drawing the unemployment check, they're out working for cash. We're making it so it's easier to make your ends meet, to be able to get your life together and be able to find that new job. There's another thing that's going to take place that isn't in this bill, and that is is that we're working on a way to make it so that there's better communications between workforce of, and the employers so that if somebody gets laid off, they'll go into a system and businesses will be able to see that that welder or that electrician is available for work and that business will be able to talk to them directly rather than the employee going out and looking for a job, the employer can actually see that, target them, and say, would you please come for an interview for us? All right. So let's watch that because there's that's a significant change that's coming in the unemployment bill. That, what I just described there is not part of the unemployment bill. That is work that we've been working okay. with the governor's office, and uh, many people have been working that over the last year. I can't talk about who we're going to bid that out to, but it's going to be an electronic process. And let's say that you're not even available 
available or that you, there's no jobs for your skill set, we'll make it so that you can get retrained. And remember the last dollar in build, uh, Mitch Carmichael Senate Bill 1? That bill comes into college. play so that you're getting them re-educated and back into the workforce as quick as we possibly can. Senate President Craig Blair is with us. Let's switch gears to the budget. That's one of the biggest jobs the legislature has. And we have not seen yet a budget bill out of the Senate Finance Committee. It seems like every day it's like today, 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 and it hasn't come out. What is the holdup and why? Well, to, to remember, I'm the guy that uh, loves speeding the budget through and getting it done. Uh, our budget is ready to go. It will run this afternoon. Then we'll take it up on the floor today. With If everything goes right, we will actually put uh, suspend the rules. I, I, I think I can get the rules suspension on it so that we can go ahead and move it to the House of Delegates. And then when we move it to the House of Delegates, I know that they can't get rules suspension on something like that, but they've got work to do, and it gives them an extra two days to be able to manage that budget. But we'll be able to see. we we got a good idea on what's going to be in their budget to start with on the spending bills that they've passed over. And we didn't have any spending bills. So we look at those, then the triad comes together. The House the leadership, the Senate leadership, and then the governor's office. And we sat down together. And st- remember the old days when they used to have budget week and they'd have conference right, committees right, right. and they'd work all that out? We'll be doing that behind the scenes of while we're in session being able to make it work. We've done this in the past. It works well, and it'll work into the future. Will the Senate budget include a – of course, that would, that's going to be a separate bill. So is there going to be is there going to be a separate bill from the Senate that will include a five, an average five percent pay raise for teachers, staff, and state workers? No, we'll work off this uh, the vehicle for being able to manage that will be coming from the House. The House has already passed that. Of uh, so we the bills the spending bills the House did those those will be the vehicles that we'll actually use as we work through the process and negotiate. Right, that. And, and a lot of that things are balanced out. Like you, you move one thing, it shifts something else. Do you anticipate? Do you believe that there will in fact be? And uh, people listening at home don't care about the vehicle, frankly, that I was talking about. But the, the people, will there be? In your opinion, an average 5% pay raise for teachers, public employees, etc.? I can't answer that at this point in time. And uh, I'm hopeful for it, and, and I've said that in the past. Now, it might not be 5%. It might be 4%. could be 3%. One of the things that's coming into play with this is, is that we've got a finite amount of revenue coming in, and then there's a trigger mechanism that takes place on July the 1st on whether we reduce personal income tax. That right now, nobody can tell us whether it's 10% reduction. That would be $257 million. That eats a lot of money up. But that, that is putting money back into the teachers' pockets, everybody's pockets on that if we if that we went that route. But it might not trigger at all. And if it doesn't trigger at all, that gives us the resources to be able to do that. So there, so there is a tug there between... Do you save enough money to try to lower the income tax rates, or do you sacrifice on that end to provide more money for a pay raise for teachers and public employees? Correct. And, and, we're, and we're also going to be coming back, I'm anticipating a special session in May of when we're having our interims, that we'll be able to come back in here and we're going to fix some triggering mechanisms because as it stands right now, we got 1.2 what 
1.24 billion in the rainy day fund. It doesn't need any more money in there, but we're we're set to trigger in about 150 million dollars that doesn't need to be moved there. We're going to go back and look at our triggering mechanisms to be able to manage both the personal income tax, and that one will push out a year so that it gives us more flexibility on being able to comprehend what we're doing uh, so that we do not put ourselves in, everybody uses the word Kansas. We do not want to compromise the work that we've done. We've got to be adults about this and make sure that what we do for the people of that it's right. Never want to come back and say, we got to increase your taxes because we miscalculated But it sounds like you want, to, you want to, in the special session, which you anticipate, speed up the way in which you can lower the income tax rates. Is that right? No, you misunderstood that. Okay. Uh, we don't want to speed up. We want to have confidence in what we do works. And then it also, if, when we fix this one in May, next year when we're doing the budget, if, if, we, if we get those triggers right, for both the personal income tax and the rainy day fund, it actually makes it so that it makes our budgeting process better. And so we, you can't predict everything that's going to take place, but what you can do is adapt. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Senate President Craig Blair, I'll let you get back to it. Crossover day is a busy day. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Hoppy. All right, take a break and be back. Senate Education Committee Chair Amy Grady is next. She's got some hot stuff. We'll talk about that after this on Talk Line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Mon Health Medical Center is accredited as a center of excellence for minimally invasive gynecology by the Surgical Review Corporation, setting the gold standard for women's care. Through open communication and unwavering support, our goal is for patients to feel heard and empowered throughout their healing journey. With renowned gynecologic oncologist Dr. William McBee and his expert team, you can experience personalized women's cancer care where compassion meets excellence. Learn more at monhealth.com cancer. Choose Mon Health. Feel the difference. West Virginia is home. It's where we work, live, and raise our families. At the heart of our communities are West Virginia hospitals and their compassionate caregivers. From life-saving treatments and emergency care to wellness support and screening services, we are improving your quality of life through extraordinary achievements and amazing results. West Virginia Hospitals. Your health is the heartbeat of our communities. You know, as West Virginians, we are proud of the natural beauty of a mountain state. And at ZLM Architects and Engineers, our goal is to provide design solutions that give people the same pride in our built environment. That commitment to quality can be seen in recreational facilities throughout the state, from the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center to the Valley Park Community Center, the Shawnee Sport Complex, and through the recent improvements to the lodges at Pipestem Resort State Park. ZLM Architects and Engineers, you see us in your community every day. At the WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, our board-certified and fellowship-trained thoracic surgeons use the most advanced equipment and latest surgical techniques to achieve the best possible outcomes. With minimally invasive robotic surgery and video-assisted surgery options, you can rest assured you'll receive the most comprehensive, innovative, and supportive care in the region. Visit wvumedicine.org slash thoracic or call 855-WVU-CARE. This is Talk Line on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. 
Metro News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia, when you want them. Brought to you by Burdett Camping Center, home of the RV warranty forever. Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. We are ready to get the day started in West Virginia with all of the information you need. Carrie Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. Workforce West Virginia Acting Director Scott Atkins says their agency is doing everything in their power to help those recently laid off from Allegheny Wood Products find employment. The company told around 600 of their employees, plus a few hundred contractors last week that they were closing. It's the second company with operations in West Virginia to announce massive layoffs in the past few weeks. Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. College baseball. The Mountaineers lost a lead. They were up 5-1, to one, but they lose 6-5 at Charlotte. Indiana State beat Marshall 12-5. Penguins outgunned Philadelphia 7-6 on Sunday. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News this morning. Brought to you by Burdett Camping Center. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at wvmetronews.com. It's two hours of sports conversation to wrap up your weekend. It's the CityNet Sunday Night Sports Line. Hey, this is Travis Jones. Join myself and Greg Hunter every Sunday night from 6.06 until 8 o'clock as we wrap up the sports weekend. We talk Mountaineers, High School, Mountain East Conference, and the latest in the national scene. The Sunday Sports Line is listener interactive. You can call or text the show at 304-TALK-304. It's a perfect weekend sports wrap-up on your favorite Metro News affiliate or watch the show at WVMetroNews.com. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host for Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. We're back at the Encova Insurance Studios at the AARP Broadcast location at the Upper Rotunda of the State Capitol. A bill that would do away with the current in-season travel sports restrictions in West Virginia has cleared a major hurdle at the State Capitol, uh, cleared by the State Senate, which means that, uh, during, like everybody talks about basketball, that during basketball season the students could participate in travel teams as well as be on their school teams. A lawmaker who is passionate about that bill is Senator Amy Grady, the chair of the Senate Education Committee, Republican Mason County. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning. I'm great today, considering it's crossover day. Crossover day. I feel refreshed, and I feel <laughs> I felt tired for the last week, but today I feel really great. So good, good. It's good. Why do you think this is important for, for, for them to be able to be on a travel team and on the school team? Poppy, this conversation started with me about last year, maybe even a little bit before, with parents of children who play on club teams and want to play for their high school team, and um, that it was an issue where they felt like every season their child hat was torn between which one they choose, their travel, their travel friends or they're playing with their school friends, playing on their, on their school community team or playing travel. And so it started last year, and um, I decided to just take the plunge this year and introduce the bill. And when I did, I received 
text messages, emails, um, lots of different messages from parents thanking me for doing so. Now, I'll also add that I've also received messages and phone calls from coaches, former coaches of mine also, who I respect greatly, who said they don't think it's a great idea. So uh, I listen to both sides. But I, my at the end of the day, what I think about this bill is should the SSAC or school tell me as a parent what I can let my child do on a Saturday when they're home with me? I, you know, I, I get that, but, but I, look, you, to my mind, you are an advocate for children, mm -hmm. okay, in Absolutely. education. I've heard that. I'm convinced of that from the many times I've talked to you. How concerned are you that you're going to have work, work overload, overload of these kids? Oh, the kid pitched on Wednesday, or he pitched on Thursday, and now they want him to pitch on Saturday with the travel team. Or the, or, or the kid's got to decide, do I play on my high school team on Thursday uh, and miss the, miss the travel game? So I'll address that in a couple of different yeah. ways. Right now, currently, our travel travel seasons aren't the same as with our high school seasons. For that very reason, most travel coaches don't want their players to have to choose. You know, is there is there an option? Absolutely, in some cases there are. But that should be uh, the choice of the parents, okay? Number two, I've heard that actually David Price told me that was the number one concern. Of the head overuse. Of the SSAC, yeah. Yes, over, overuse of, the, of a child's arm in baseball or so forth. Uh, if, if my kid is on a team, high school or travel, and that coach does not have his health and safety, first and foremost, I shouldn't have my kid on that team. So this would promote, I feel like, communication, right? And so if high school coaches, for instance, if a child misses a practice, student athlete misses a high school practice to go practice with their club team, travel team, or to play a game for the travel team, that high school coach would have the right to say, just like he would right now, if you miss a practice, you're not starting the next game. If you miss a practice with our team, you're not starting the very next game where you're sitting the bench. They do that now if you miss a practice for some reason or if you miss a game for some reason. This wouldn't change anything. The only people this changes this for are the ones who choose to do it. And so I've got some examples if you have time. Well, let me, some, let me, I want to I have my time is short. I want to move on to something okay. else, actually. So West Virginia senators uh, have voted to require eighth graders to view a specific video showing insemination and fetal development by a particular national group involved in abortion politics. Senate Bill 468 would require public school viewing of Meet Baby Olivia by live action. And uh, again, you're a school teacher, you're there. Do you really think it's the responsibility of the legislature, most of them aren't educators, to tell you, the teacher, what you need to show in the classroom. I, I wish we could eliminate a lot of things about what we are told to do, Hoppy. That would be, we would live in a great world if that was the case. But um, in this case, the reason I really like this Meet Baby Olivia video, and the reason that I added in an amendment to the original bill to say that the Department of Education must keep a downloaded copy is because when you're accessing it on YouTube, um, when people or kids watch things on YouTube, they always have ads come up for the next uh, the next video, or there are videos that are similar to the right. And, and those videos were political. You know, they, they were political, and we don't want that. We don't want the kids to be exposed to that. So when you download it, it just shows the development, and it's a great animated computerized showing and it puts in kids kid friendly uh, words so it says things like you know she's uh, baby Olivia it gives her a name from the beginning that's what I really like too it makes them feel it humanizes that human inside of the womb and so it shows she's bending her she's 
clasping her little hands. She's beginning to play in her mother's womb. Those are things that kids can relate to. And it's really important they relate to videos that they see. And it's not just something that's scientific that's going to go in one ear out the other. This one I feel like is something they can really, really relate to with the language and also the computer images that are there and the animation is really great. And that's what I really, really like about that video. Uh, the bill has passed the Senate, right, and goes yes. goes to the House. Senator Amy Grady, sorry I got to you late this morning. Senator Craig Blair chewed up some of your... I know he did. <laughs> I know. I saw him here. <laughs> All right. Senator Amy Grady, chair of the Senate Education Committee. Uh, good to see you. Happy you crossover day. Thank you, Hoppy. All right. Thanks. We'll take a break and come back. More to come on TalkLine. Uh, Brad McElhinney will join us. The House went in session at 8 o'clock this morning because they got bills after bills after bills. So we'll find out what's up with them. And then also we'll get another perspective on the uh, travel team bill. All that next half hour. This is TalkLine on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia. It's 10.30. Let's get a news update. Checking with the Metro News Radio Network. Find out what's happening statewide this hour. All across the great state of West Virginia. West Virginia Metro News. I'm Carrie Hudasek. Charleston police say they've arrested a second 14-year-old boy in connection with two shootings in Charleston last month, including one that left a 19-year-old tobacco store clerk dead and another that left a woman injured after being shot in the face. Both juveniles have been charged with first-degree murder, robbery, and malicious wounding. Dunbar resident Caden Martin was shot and killed during a robbery at the tobacco and pipe store on the city's west side. 44-year-old Christina White was shot a few days prior to that while walking with her boyfriend on Woodwood Drive in North Charleston. The teens are also accused of robbing someone in the parking lot in the 300 block of Patrick Street during the same week of the shootings. Although the bargaining team of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union doesn't like the offer made by Kroger, the company is defending their proposed contract now before nearly 3,000 West Virginia employees. Kroger Mid-Atlantic President Lori Raya says the contract includes significant raises. We feel we're giving bigger paychecks for every everyone in the bargaining unit. Uh, the offer benefits every associate in the collective bargaining agreement, making their paychecks grow by 26 percent is what our offer is worth. Workers are voting on the contract this week. A scholarship fund has been established in memory of former Liberty High School journalism teacher and assistant football coach Ryan Lance, who was struck and killed in the parking lot of the school last week. The deadline to apply is May 1st. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. I'm David Foster, landscape architect with Civil Environmental Consultants. It's always exciting to take a project from an idea to completion. What truly is rewarding is making that project a reality in my home state of West Virginia. CEC partners with communities and organizations, helping them navigate what could otherwise be a complex endeavor to ensure your vision becomes a reality. At CEC, we engineer progress in the great state of West Virginia. Find out what CEC can do for you. WeRCEC.com. A new episode of Live Healthy West Virginia is now posted on the podcast center of metronews.com. Why are cancer cases surging in adults under 50 in West Virginia and worldwide? Unfortunately, it's in multiple cancer types, but mostly it's seen in colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, breast cancer, and kidney cancers. Listen to Live Healthy West Virginia for candid conversations with insights about improving your health and well-being. Live Healthy West Virginia is presented by WVU Medicine. Mercer County Detective Corporal Matthew Hatfield says they're continuing to investigate a shots fired incident that happened Friday in the parking lot of the Brush Fork Armory in Bluefield. He says witnesses are not willing to cooperate. People are just not willing to come forward and give information. Um, and this has happened um, a few times as of recent. 
um, involving shootings within Mercer County. Those inside the armory at the time were put under a shelter-in-place order. No one was hurt. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Carrie Hudasek. Welcome back to Talkline on Metro News from the AARP broadcast location in COVID insurance studios. You know, Brad Mack when he's with us, either you really love this stuff or you hate it. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I love it. It just, it, I just do. For example, and this is, I want to talk about the unemployment bill first. And this is a very, very important bill in this state. And Craig Blair was on and revealed that, no, they're not going to go, right now you can get 26 weeks, they're not going to go from 26 weeks to 12 weeks if the unemployment rate is low like it is now, because that, I, I think, he didn't say that, but I think that was seen as punitive and probably couldn't pass the House. But instead, he's going to have a bill that would go from 26 weeks to 24 weeks, but you would start at, instead of, uh, like, a maximum of, I think, $600 per week, the maximum would go up of how much you could get per week of 70% of the average weekly pay in West Virginia, then it would scale down over the next, you know, four weeks, four weeks, four weeks. It would scale down. I forget what the exact numbers are. And then the folks from AFL-CIO came up and go, what did you hear? We heard that Blair said there's going to be a change in the bill. So this is active. This is going on right now, uh, just as we speak. I may be a dork. I find that exciting. I find that interesting. You were excited about the sausage factory. I am. Are you? Are you as excited? Or are you just like, was, I'm tired of watching sausage? So my, my position is different, and I am, I'm in the House of Delegates, and I'm strapped to the mast, and buzzards are picking at my guts. So it's, it's a different situation. I was listening very carefully to what he was saying because I wanted to use my uh, Twitter device to, to explain, and I, I need it in writing or on a whiteboard or... Or, or much slower. Yeah. So uh, I, I am looking forward to hearing uh, more more detail about what those numbers are as that bill moves toward passage yeah. on the Senate like today. Like, yeah. uh, so, the other thing that happened to me is I was strapped to the mast. Strapped to the mast in the house. Picking at my guts um, was he said that he believes the Senate Finance Committee is going to take up the budget and pass it today and that it's going to go to the Senate floor I guess this evening, and um, we'll be past there. So I thought, oh, this day may be longer than I had originally (laughs) anticipated. So what did you see strapped to the mast in the house? Because they went in at eight this morning. What are you watching? Yeah, they've been they've been going at it for a while. They've they've argued again about some unexpected things, which is their way. (laughs) But one thing they didn't argue about: two things related. Ninety-nine to nothing votes on two bills providing pay raises. So. State police and educators are the subjects of one pay raise. Mm-hmm. It's it's roughly the average five percent the governor's talked about. And, and don't panic if you're in, a, in another category of worker. Those are West Virginia public employees whose wage scales are in state law. So the law has to be changed with a bill. The other one that passed uh, with a ninety-nine to nothing vote with some acclaim was pay raises for non-uniform corrections officers. Of course, the the legislature got together in August and passed pay raises for generally corrections officers to try to deal with the state of emergency that's been yeah. in effect almost yeah. two years yeah. regarding uh, vacant positions in the jails and prisons. So, so, so the the pay raise for teachers uh, and staff and corrections passed. There are two bills. passed the house. 
and those two bills passed the House. They passed the House. Overwhelming. Um, they made pretty quick work. There okay. were some some speeches of speech. These fine. employees really deserve these. Yeah. What I heard Senator Blair say is that a there's some discussion in the Senate about whether the state at this point can truly afford pay raises to the degree that have recently been described. Right. Uh, I think that's dividing his caucus. What yes. can we really afford? Yes. And then other things. Hello to all this AARP branding. The House has passed a, a tax cut for Social Security recipients for the state taxes paid on Social Security income. That's come out of the tax. I think that is subject to debate in the Senate also. And I think what he was telling you is those things will not be literally reflected in the Senate budget because they're House bills. So the Senate budget that comes today, get your whiteboard, everybody, it has to reflect Senate stuff, the bills that have passed the Senate. So Good point. don't draw a conclusion if you don't see pay raises or that Social Security tax cut in the Senate budget bill. They just can't do it for process reasons. Let, let me go farther down in the weeds on that. And is that what I heard from Blair, too, is that you know, West Virginia cut income taxes by 21.25%, cut rates by 21.25%, significant tax cut for West Virginians of all the marginal rates. And future and rates would be cut in the future if certain revenue project if certain revenue collections were met. However, it's it's pretty hard to meet those, and it sounds like what senators are squabbling about is that, you know, if we give pay raises which cost money, if we cut taxes for Social Security recipients which cost money, well then it's going to be even harder to reach the threshold to lower the income tax rates. Does that, sound, does that sound reasonable? Does that sound like what's going on? I listened very carefully to Senator Blair's explanation of a potential special session in May, and I, I, what I think I took away from it is he wants to make sure uh, that the state is being cautious when it yeah. hits that uh, potential trigger for further income tax cuts. But it's the state cannot print money like the federal government, and so it's right. got to come out with a balanced budget. Uh, you don't want to be embarrassed and come back in to say, oh, we've got to raise taxes because we misestimated everything. Yeah, that would be disastrous. Uh, let me, for those who are still awake, let me ask you about something else, and that is the transgender bill. There's a bill that is moving or has passed the House. Gonna, well, it may it's pass within moments. Okay, within Although moments. Although I anticipate an hour, hour and a half, two hours of arguing. Yes, yes. And explain what that bill does and why it's controversial. Okay, journey with me in the time machine to last year. This originally last year was a bill that would prohibit gender reassignment surgery for minors. Now, there was a lot of medical expertise that that doesn't happen in West Virginia anyway, right. but that doesn't prevent you from passing a bill banning things that don't happen. Right. Then there was a piece of it that would forbid medical treatment for minors who have gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. whose, whose perception of their gender doesn't match uh, what they were assigned at birth, right. their sex. Right. And a lot of discussion of kids who are going through a difficult period of their lives anyway. Youth for anyone is challenging, full of changes. But when you when you add that on top of it, some of these kids think about taking their own lives. The, the Senate had a, a heartfelt discussion, just a, a heartbreaking conversation about trying to, to navigate that. And what wound up passing the Senate was an exception that kids could get on a minimal amount of medicine if 
Two doctors agreed and their parents sign off on it. And the medicine could only be enough to minimally treat their feelings of gender dysphoria. Well, the House has come back within the last few days to say, we think that exception is too much, too broad. We want to, to remove the exception from the bill. Uh, that's going to pass probably this morning or early afternoon in the House. And then it goes over to the Senate to potentially uh, stir up what was a very divisive issue last year. Do it all over again. Look, I, I, here's what I don't understand about that from a philosophical standpoint. And that is that his, typically conservatives or Republicans, and I, we have heard it time and time and time and time again this session, is that leave it up to parents, parental control, let parents decide about vaccines. Let parents decide about travel teams. Let parents do this. Empower, further empower parents. Okay, fine. I think that's consistent with probably conservative ideals with Republican values rather than the government. But then they come up with a bill that says the parents can't decide. That when it comes to a struggling, a struggling child who's struggling with, a, with gender dysphoria, which is a real thing, medically acknowledged real thing, that the parents and the doctor can't decide. That, to me, is incongruous. That's my opinion. That's my observation. State government would decide. These exceptions, again, are specifically for minors whose two doctors have judged them to be struggling with gender dysphoria to the degree that they could hurt, they are at risk of hurting themselves or others, potentially suicide, and their parents will have signed off even even if they're not even if they're not suicidal i mean they're struggling going man as you said puberty is hard enough and then if you have gender dysphoria you are i mean that's that's a tough road to hoe and you may well need some medicine uh for that i I just I, i don't get it but i'm not in the demo okay uh real quick anything else real quick uh, I continue to watch the unemployment bill. The Women's Bill of Rights, you might have heard of that. That I one have. mostly codifies the n- definitions of man Mains. and woman in yeah. state law. That is up for passage in the Senate today. Also, it, it potentially could be amended, and the amendments, as offered in the House and now in the Senate, have been a real adventure because that broad title, Women's Bill of Rights, opens itself up to almost anything. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, happy crossover day. Hope you, hope you waited until this happy morning to open your presents. To you. Now, now. Now, now. Happy it's just crossover <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Apropos of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad McElhinney, uh, you got to follow him uh, because there's a lot happening here on Crossover Day. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Happy. Brad's report brought to you by AARP, your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Connect on social media at AARP West Virginia. Learn more at aarp.org slash WV. We'll be right back. Met Coal makes steel. Did you know that metallurgical coal impacts our daily lives in many ways? It's the coal used in the steel making process, driving over a bridge, or loading your family into an automobile. You experience the value of metallurgical coal. Most Met Coal produced in the United States is found right here in our Appalachian basins. Infrastructure, comfort, and convenience. All made possible by metallurgical coal. Learn more about Met Coal and the impact of the Metallurgical Coal Producers Association at metcoalproducers.com. And remember, Met Coal makes steel. West Virginia is home. It's where we work, live, and raise our families. At the heart of our communities are West Virginia hospitals and their compassionate caregivers. 
from life-saving treatments and emergency care to wellness support and screening services. We are improving your quality of life through extraordinary achievements and amazing results. West Virginia Hospitals, your health is the heartbeat of our communities. What if you played the West Virginia Lottery? Because you play. I have a place to exercise after my knee replacement. Because you play, I can enjoy nature's views at the state park with my grandchildren. Because you play, new schools continue to be built across the state. Each time you play the West Virginia Lottery, a portion from every purchase goes back to seniors, tourism, and education. More than $12.4 billion since 1986. West Virginia Lottery, what if you played? It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you. The Health Plan. You're listening to Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. I shot him. He ran over to the edge of the field. He, he made it about five, ten yards out of the edge of the field and over there. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. He stuck his head through the blind into where you were. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had jumped. He leaped okay. over the blind. Oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> yeah. So he had his whole body was in the air for a couple seconds. And was, uh, the only thing that landed in the blind was, you know, of course, his head and his front leg. West Virginia Outdoors covers it all Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, Outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Hey everybody, it's Tony Caridi. And I'm Greg Hunter. And I'm Brad Howe. And we invite you to join us Sunday through Fridays right here on the Metro News Radio Network. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. We talk West Virginia University football, basketball, baseball, you name it. If it's got anything to do with the Golden Blue, we're on it. And don't forget the text line available every night. So we invite you to join us. The Senator, Coach Hunter, and me, Tony Caridi. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line on Metro News. News in the Mountain State happens quick, and for decades you have depended on Metro News for accurate news delivered fast. Now here's your chance to help keep your fellow West Virginians informed. If you see news happening, become a Metro News Hawk by texting news to 35651. If you take a picture or video of what you see, submit that as well. Text the word news to 35651 to submit your tip or story. Standard texting rates apply. Please don't text and drive. News Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Here at the upper rotunda of the state capitol, the AARP broadcast location, the Encova Insurance 
studio. So let's get a different perspective on this uh, travel team, Bill. Wes Eddy's executive director of the West Virginia Schools Athletic Coaches Association. There are associations published a letter opposed to Senate Bill 813, which would allow student-athletes to participate in travel team sports at the same time as they're participating in school sports. Coach, thanks for joining us. Wes, what are your objections to this bill? Well, we're just going by what Dr. Greg Elkins States, and he is the uh, chair of the NFHS and WVSSAC Sports Medicine Committee, and he has major injury concerns uh, that could come out of this with our kids playing too many games in uh, too short of a time span. Wes, if we operate under the assumption that coaches hopefully are looking out for the best interests of their of their student athletes, wouldn't they make responsible decisions? Like if a high school coach pitches the kid on Friday and then he's on a travel team on Saturday, the coach of the travel team might say, you know what, you pitched on Friday, I can't let you pitch today. What about that? I agree with you, and I, I do hope that those rules are followed, uh, the particular sport you just chose, baseball, the NFHS, we have very strict arm care rules in regards to pitching, and I know that American Legion baseball has uh, strict rules when it comes to pitch counts. So I know those two groups right there are going to protect the kids' arms. I don't know if there would be communication between the high school coach and whoever would be coaching on Saturday or Sunday, but uh, that would be a major concern because a kid's arm could be ruined in a uh, very short amount of time if they throw 110 pitches on Wednesday and then try to go another 100 on Saturday. Wes Eddy's with us, executive director of the West Virginia Schools Athletic Coaches Association, which is objecting to this bill that would allow a travel team play at the same time as that sport at that particular school. Do you anticipate if this bill passes in there would be conflicts? Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a travel team game on Saturday. There's a school game on Saturday. Kid has to choose. Coaches are upset. Parents are upset. Do you think that would happen? I hope not. And right now the way that we have it, that type of a situation couldn't occur. And that would be just the worst-case scenario. Uh, we don't need to put any more pressure on our kids right now. They have uh, plenty of pressure here at the high school level of getting good grades, their social uh, activities, uh, you know, doing their uh, responsibilities at home, and then playing on a, a sport at the school. That's plenty. And I'll be honest, over the uh, last 20-some years, I've never personally dealt with a situation where a travel coach wanted our kids during our WVSSAC uh, year, uh, our season is basically what I want to say. So I hope that this wouldn't happen, and boy, would it be a horrible situation for everybody involved. Yes, I was told by Senator Amy Grady that, that all other states allow this. Is that, do you know if that's true? And, and if so, is West Virginia an outlier? We are not an outlier. I uh, have some friends that I used to work with at Brook that are now coaching at uh, a school in Ohio. Ohio's uh, rules are even stricter than ours about not allowing uh, travel ball during uh, in-season play. For example, you can't play boys basketball right now in Ohio and then immediately go play for somebody else on on when you don't have – your high school games or high school practice. And uh, I know that Maryland, I just talked, I work with a coach who uh, 
lives in uh, Maryland, and his son is not allowed to uh, participate in any AAU track or cross-country in Maryland during uh, a time in which he is active with his high school. So I, I don't understand how, uh, I, I mean, maybe Kentucky, that, that's something I'm unaware of in Virginia, but I know that Ohio and Maryland both uh, are basically where we're at right now in West Virginia. Wes, I wonder, too, in that, look, the Coaches Association, you all have come out against this bill. Uh, the SSAC governs uh, extracurricular activities in West Virginia. Uh, the SSAC answers to principles of West Virginia schools. Is this even a legislative function? I would love to go back to the days when if a community member or whoever has a concern about a rule that they would go to their principal or AD of their local school, have a meeting with them, give them the information about what they're concerned about, and if the AD principal deemed that that would be a really good rule, then they can send it in to the Board of Control, and all of the principals and uh, ADs are able to get together, pass it or fail it, and if it passes, we'll send it to the State Board of Ed for a 30-day, I believe it's 30, maybe even more, day period uh, for people to review it and make uh, remarks about the bill, and then it could possibly become a rule that's enforced by the SSAC. I think that's the best way to go. I, I really do not like uh, the fact that we're passing all of these rules out of legislature right now for us to follow Understood. In, Wes, our, uh, in our schools. Wes Eddy, Executive Director of the West Virginia Schools Athletic Coaches Association on their opposition, Senate Bill 813, which would allow student-athletes to participate in travel team sports at the same time as their school sports. Uh, Wes, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your insights. We'll be right back. This is Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. West Virginia is home. It's where we work, live, and raise our families. At the heart of our communities are West Virginia hospitals and their Thanks, compassionate Bobby. caregivers. From life-saving treatments and emergency care to wellness support and screening services, we are improving your quality of life through extraordinary achievements and amazing results. West Virginia Hospitals. Your health is the heartbeat of our communities. Need help with your prescriptions? Tired of long wait times? Did your current pharmacy close or is moving? Give Fruth Pharmacy a try. We make it easy to transfer your prescriptions and we always welcome new patients. Fruth makes it easy to transfer. Call a local Fruth Pharmacy and they will handle the transferring process for you. We offer prescription rewards too. Give Fruth Pharmacy a call today for more details. Fruth makes it easy. Fruth, your hometown family pharmacy. What if you played the West Virginia Lottery? Because you play. I have a place to exercise after my knee replacement. Because you play. I can enjoy nature's views at the state park with my grandchildren. Because you play. New schools continue to be built across the state. Each time you play the West Virginia Lottery, a portion from every purchase goes back to seniors, tourism, and education. More than $12.4 billion since 1986. West Virginia Lottery. What if you played? It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the health plan. 
known for exceptional local customer service and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, The Health Plan. This is TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. WVMetroNews.com, the only website you need to stay informed in the Mountain State. Get the latest news and sports stories, information on the great outdoors, and never miss an episode of your favorite Metro News programs and podcasts, including Talkline, Hotline, Sportsline, and Three Guys Before the Game. Make a bookmark now and visit WVMetroNews.com first thing every morning to find out what's happening all across the state. WVMetroNews.com. West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. Stocked fish for repatriation purposes, so that's reintroduction, reestablishment of brook trout and two of those streams. The oldest that we have worked on, the earliest ones that we started putting fish into, uh, we've noticed natural reproduction in both of those streams. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. It, it was a pretty good flight. It took me about 10 minutes to get it in. My dad actually had to run to the truck and grab a net because there's no way I could lift him up over top of the rail. West Virginia Outdoors covers it all Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, Outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. It's two hours of sports conversation to wrap up your weekend. It's the CityNet Sunday Night Sports Line. Hey, this is Travis Jones. Join myself and Greg Hunter every Sunday night from 6.06 until 8 o'clock as we wrap up the sports weekend. We talk Mountaineers, High School, Mountain East Conference, and the latest in the national scene. The Sunday Sports Line is listener interactive. You can call or text the show at 304-TALK-304. It's a perfect weekend sports wrap-up on your favorite Metro News affiliate or watch the show at WVMetroNews.com. Back here at the AARP broadcast location of the Encove Insurance Studios at the Capitol, Jack Potts and the Miggins here in West Virginia. Who doesn't want to be a millionaire? Get in the Powerball drawings Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, and the Mega Miggins drawings on Tuesdays and Fridays. Will you be the next big winner? Play today. The Powerball jackpot is $412 million. The Mega Miggins jackpot, $607 million. We're going to take a break, regroup here in six minutes. More to come uh, in hour number two. This is TalkLine on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia. Welcome back. Our number two TalkLine on the Metro News radio network from the Encova Insurance Studios at the AARP broadcast location here at the West Virginia State Capitol. A recent global study found that cancer rates among the middle-aged have surged more than 80% over three decades in West Virginia and worldwide. Over the next, on the next, Live Healthy West Virginia. They talk about what's causing this disturbing trend and what you can do right now to prevent cancer with Dr. Noor DeBull of the WVU Cancer Institute. Live Healthy West Virginia is brought to you by WVU Medicine and is now streaming at wvmetronews.com slash podcast. Live Healthy West Virginia 
aiming to help everyone live a better, healthier life in West Virginia and beyond. Kelly Allen is with us. She is with the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy. She's been here probably every day of this legislative session. Happy crossover day. Did you, spent, did you attend the ceremonial burning of the bills this morning? I did. At dawn. Ten days to go. <laughs> Jeez. So you are among all the people in the Capitol who say, well, look at the surplus. This, at the end of this budget year, it's going to be like $700 million. Uh, we can provide the pay raise to public employees and school teachers. We can cut the taxes uh, the remaining taxes on Social Security recipients. We can do these things. You're around here waving a flag saying, no, don't do it. <laughs> Be cautious. Why? Well, as you said, we had some ceremonial burning of bills today that won't make it across the finish line, presumably. Uh, among those are any of six or seven bills proposed related to shoring up child care providers and families who need child care. Um, we've seen bills not move related to foster care. Foster families are saying we're not doing enough. Um, legislation around increasing starting wages for special education aides. We've heard a lot of talk about school discipline issues, and we have entire school districts that don't have social workers or school psychologists. And I think the proof is in the pudding that none of those bills have moved. And uh, essentially, I think the finance chairs of each respective chamber are telling us, um, hey, there's not enough money to pay for these basic needs of West Virginians. Uh, and then we can talk about it a little bit more, but we're not really quite seeing the full impact of the tax cuts from 2023 well, for a lot well, of Well, okay, let's, let's talk about that because I'd like to get back to the child care thing, frankly, and have Speaker Roger Hanshaw maybe tomorrow. But so because income tax collections have actually been, been up I believe. So the tax cuts, according to the revenue reports, the tax cuts have not caused a decrease in revenue, right? So personal income tax revenue compared with this point last year is down about 5%. Okay. Uh, and to your point, we cut the taxes by about 20, 21.25%. But there are several reasons that we're not seeing the full impact of those tax cuts yet uh, that I think we're really going to start to see in you know February, March, April returns as people start filing. Uh, their tax returns. Some of that is because we don't know uh, how many businesses got their withholdings updated right, right away. I'm an employer and I work with a big accounting firm and for months I said, what do I need to do to update my employees withholdings? And they were kind of like, we don't know. So I think it was October, November for us before our uh, payroll tax withholdings got updated. And then the legislature also passed a bill last year to uh, update SALT withholdings for uh, at the federal level, which is really wonky. We won't get into it, but basically um, the uh, revenue deputy, Mark Muko, said that caused people to overpay in the right. first half of the fiscal year, and they're going to get re bigger returns in the second half. So that's what's going to happen with withholdings, too, people overpaying in the first half of the year and bigger returns in the second so half. So the, the, the point being that you don't think the revenue numbers are as positive or will end up being as positive at the end of June as they look now. And it's not just me saying that. I mean, Mark Muko testified to, I think, the Senate Finance Committee. They expect to end of the year down 10 to 15 percent compared with last year in personal income tax collection. And then we haven't even implemented the entire income tax cut from 2023. So the property tax rebates, which were part of that package, don't even hit until fiscal year 2025. That's going to cost another $200 million uh, in per, uh, personal income tax revenues. So this is get rolling in slowly. So for people that are already say, bragging, saying, hey, it worked, um, I think they need to really slow down, especially as we're seeing more tax cuts passed right so, now. So, you're, you know, and look, your organization is more on the progressive liberal wing. Senator Eric Tarr is one of the most conservative members of the Senate. He's chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. You and Tarr are on the same page. 
I think that he is one of the only folks in this building that is being really honest and clear-eyed about there being negative trade-offs or what we consider negative trade-offs to the tax cuts. Um, if a priority of this body is to reduce and ultimately, ultimately eliminate the income tax with no replacement revenue, that's 40% of our budget. That's what we spend on public education, about $2 billion. So um, that's almost certainly going to force, you know, flat budgets for a long time. And I think a lot of lawmakers, when they voted for tax cuts last year, I don't know if they were voting for flat budgets for the rest of eternity. But but they were. But there are those triggers in place. And, and, and it's very, with the way the numbers are now, it's very, it's very hard to hit those triggers, I think. So, so you're talking about, yeah, we got a 21.25% reduce, reduction in marginal rates, but you got to hit a pretty significant number in revenue collections before that even begins to come down more, right? Well, I think that, um, First, it's tied to the baseline of fiscal year 2019. So revenues, inflation adjusted compared to 2019 right, is right. essentially what the trigger is. Now, in 2019, we didn't have the HOPE scholarship. We didn't have the Third Grade Success Act. There was a lot of legislation that that is essentially tying us to that wasn't in place then. So um, if we want to pass anything new rather than just keeping the programs we have in place growing at normal rates, um, we're going we're gonna to essentially have a problem. What Again, you've been around for a while, and, and you're concerned primarily with budgetary issues but also policy, the Center on Budget and Policy. Uh, can you recall a session where there was more um, culture, conservative culture issues than we're seeing now? I've been around for six or seven years in this role, and I haven't seen it. But I think, you know, this is an outgrowth of there not being money to fund things that people want. So, um, you know, I think you mentioned last week, like, are they meaning too much? Is there nothing to do? Well, there's plenty to do. Uh, we have one of the highest rates of childcare deserts in the state. I, I mentioned, you know, entire schools that don't have social workers or school psychologists when we're dealing with behavioral issues. There's a lot uh, that lawmakers could be doing, but they are handcuffed by last year's tax cuts and these triggers that are looming over our heads that say, more tax cuts happen automatically at the front of the line instead of any of these spending needs that we have. The triggers are automatically t cutting taxes. We have to pass legislation to fund child care and do these different All types right, of programs. On, on, on child care, Kelly Allen's with his West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy. Roger Hanshaw, House Speaker, sat right where you're sitting on day one of this session. And the first thing he mentioned was child care because he likes to do things that he thinks are good for communities and businesses. And he says when they recruit businesses, they want to know certain things. And one of them is like, okay, what's the employee situation? Can employees come to work because they have child care? So that is part of the equation. So he was very dead set on trying to do some child care things. Like if, for example, um, uh, I guess making reimbursements for child care centers so that they were reimbursed for the total amount of children they have, not just the number of children there that day. That's right. Okay. And, and the reason that's important is lots of times, the, you know, some kids aren't there, but you have the same costs because the, the instructors are there the, and, and the same, you yeah, still have the building, et cetera, et cetera, and other things they wanted to do. And not, none of it's moving. What not happened? A one. Not what a happened? One. <laughs> and that's from the speaker. Yes. So and what happened? The governor prioritized childcare in the yeah. state of the state address. The House Speaker, uh, an entire task force dedicated to it. Um, but I think you know there's not enough funding to support this, and this is why income tax cuts backfire. Income tax cuts do not create economic growth when they reduce state revenue for things that are important to people like public schools, like childcare, like infrastructure. Businesses want to locate in places where, yes, as you said, there's adequate childcare for their employees, where people are well educated. And that's why we see in other states like Kansas and other places, the income tax 
cuts backfired when they reduced the state's ability to well, meet I, 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 Okay, but Kansas is different because they eliminated their income tax. Okay, this is a reduction. They eliminated their tax. They actually they? reduced their income tax by about the same percentage of total general revenue as our first round of tax cuts. Theirs but, reduced their general revenue by 11%. Ours is 10.5%. But, but even, even with, and I know that you're, I was about to say you're chicken little. I don't think it's, but, but, but you, but, but you know, you do raise legitimate concerns yeah. about this state's uh, budget situation. I understand and I, I, res, I respect your your intellect on it. But if you're talking about uh, a couple of these childcare things, those aren't giant numbers. Mm. Those are not giant numbers. No. Okay. If you're talking about getting rid of the, or phasing out the Social Security tax on higher income earners in West Virginia. Those aren't giant numbers when you talk about a $5 billion budget. Those, to me, are manageable numbers. Well, I think we've trimmed around the edges a lot in recent years. Um, we've already significantly reduced funding for higher education. We've significantly reduced uh, funding for things like our public health departments. And um, we've, we've really trimmed things to the bone. So unless you start going after public education and Medicaid, um, you're going to have to have less resources. So, um, you know, the $37 million, I think, uh, Social Security phase-out is about the same as it would cost to uh, fund this enrollment versus attendance uh, figure that child care providers are saying they need to keep their doors open. Okay. Uh, Kelly Allen, who is West, with the West Virginia Central on Budget and Policy. Happy crossover day. Yes. All right. You. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much. We'll take a break and come back. There's been a, a, a troubling uh, update on this story of last month where that 19-year-old attendant at a tobacco store was murdered and a 14-year-old was charged with the murder. Now there's been updated information that it makes this already bad story even worse. Uh, Jeff Jenkins will join us when TalkLine continues from the COVID insurance studios at the AARP broadcast location. You know, weekends are coming up, and before you know it, uh, it's going to be time to get out on the water, the rivers, the lakes, etc. And it's time to go to Lou Wendell Marine and check out their inventory because it goes fast. You don't want to be looking in June or May. You want to be looking now. LouWendellMarineSales.com. Check out their inventory there. You're listening to TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Welcome to West Virginia Foot and Ankle Clinic, where Dr. Carrie Frame and her dedicated team of skilled professionals are ready to provide you with the latest medical and surgical treatment of the lower extremity. Get excellent care for foot and ankle fractures, chronic deformities, tendon inflammation, and ruptures, and heel pain. Their practice specializes in surgical care of the foot and ankle and advanced wound care. Learn more at WestVirginiaFootAndAnkle.com. West Virginia Foot and Ankle Clinic. With healthy feet, your world is just a step away. As Governor Justice always says, West Virginia is a diamond in the rough. Now that diamond just got a bit shinier, with the state being named one of the top travel destinations in the world. Our scenic beauty, natural wonder, and unique culture are unsurpassed. And it's no surprise people are catching on. And for those visiting, we hope you'll decide to stay in West Virginia. Job opportunities abound, especially in the coal industry. Coal mining is a high-tech, high-growth industry that exists side-by-side with exceptional hiking, biking, climbing, kayaking, hunting, fishing, and so much more. With state-of-the-art mining operations, West Virginia's coal industry is recognized as the best in the world. We produce the coal that makes the steel that built this great country while continuing to power America today. Join one of America's most honorable professions while living in one of the top travel destinations in the world. Join us in Almost Heaven, West Virginia. A message from the Friends of Coal. The weekend's almost here. Punt 
pontoon boating is a great way to spend time with your family and friends. Lou Wendell Marine has just received a new shipment of boats, so now is a great time to buy. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 8.30 to 5, Sunday, 1 to 5, 418 First Avenue in St. Albans. Come in and pick up your new pontoon boat today. The weekend's almost here. Lou Wendell Marine Sales. We furnish family fun. A West Virginia Scholar program changes the lives of families forever. High school juniors can now apply for full scholarship at West Virginia Wesleyan College, one of our state's finest institutions of higher learning. If your child is a high school junior, now is the time to go to WVMetroNews.com. Have them apply today and they could win a full scholarship to West Virginia Wesleyan. That includes room, board, tuition, and fees. To apply, simply log on to WVMetroNews.com and click on the West Virginia Scholar Link. You have until midnight, April 28th to apply. You're listening to Talkline on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Metro News this morning. The biggest stories from around the state of West Virginia, when you want them. Brought to you by Burdett Camping Center, home of the RV warranty forever. Chris Lawrence at the Anchor Desk. We are ready to get the day started in West Virginia with all of the information you need. Kerry Hudasek brings you the day's headlines. Workforce West Virginia Acting Director Scott Atkins says their agency is doing everything in their power to help those recently laid off from Allegheny Wood Products find employment. The company told around 600 of their employees, plus a few hundred contractors, last week that they were closing. It's the second company with operations in West Virginia to announce massive layoffs in the past few weeks. Kyle Wiggs at the sports desk. College baseball, the Mountaineers lost a lead. They were up 5-1, to one, but they lose 6-5 at Charlotte. Indiana State beat Marshall 12-5. to five. Penguins outdone Philadelphia 7-6 to six on Sunday. And Hoppy Kerchival's daily commentary. Metro News This Morning, brought to you by Burdett Camping Center. Listen where you get your favorite podcasts and online at WVMetroNews.com. It's two hours of sports conversation to wrap up your weekend. It's the CityNet Sunday Night Sports Line. Hey, this is Travis Jones. Join myself and Greg Hunter every Sunday night from 6.06 until 8 o'clock as we wrap up the sports weekend. We talk Mountaineers, High School, Mountain East Conference, and the latest in the national scene. The Sunday Sports Line is listener interactive. You can call or text the show at 304-TALK-304. It's a perfect weekend sports wrap-up on your favorite Metro News affiliate or watch the show at WVMetroNews.com. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host for Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Talk Line from the upper rotunda of the West Virginia State Capitol AARP broadcast location, the Encova Insurance Studio. So 
Uh, back on January 30th, just a terrible story in Charleston. A uh, 19-year-old clerk, Caden Martin of Dunbar at a, a tobacco shop, was shot and killed during a robbery. A 14-year-old boy was arrested and charged with murder and robbery. Now there's a major update in this story. Jeff Jenkins has it. He joins us from the Metro News newsroom. Jeff, what do you have? Hey, Hop. Yeah, so now they've uh, city police put out, the Charleston city police put out the additional information around 7.30 this morning, they've now charged a second juvenile in connection with that crime. So a second juvenile boy has been charged with murder and first-degree robbery in connection with that crime. And also police released information about charges against those two in connection with two other violent crimes in the generally the same area of Charleston. So city police say these two, these are the allegations, uh, robbed a man at gunpoint as he got out of his car on January 21st uh, in a parking lot on Patrick Street, which would be uh, not far really from where the tobacco shop is. So that was on the 21st. And then on the 24th, and this is a story that we had reported on the 24th, a woman was walking on a Sunday afternoon on Woodward Drive uh, with her boyfriend and uh, uh, someone came up and shot her in the face. Uh, She remains hospitalized now, but those two juveniles have also been charged with that crime. So they're charged with armed robbery from the 21st, malicious wounding from the 24th, and murder and armed robbery from the 30th. So as you can see, Hoppy, according to the charges, all these are violent crimes, but they all became more violent as yeah. they as they stepped on. So these two now 14-year-old juvenile boys are charged with all three of these crimes. Jeff, this, this to me is jaw-dropping. Uh, when we talk about these kinds of stories, we always say, well, we've covered news in West Virginia for a long time. You've covered, you know, thousands of crime stories. And quite frankly, often it's an adult or an older juvenile, and maybe it's a robbery, maybe it's a domestic, maybe it's drug-related. But two 14-year-olds uh, allegedly uh, were accused in a couple of brutal murders? Yeah, that it's not a murder. A, the second, second one's not, the, the one of Woodward Drive is not a murder. Okay, but it, it is, I mean, it's a lady serious wounding, yes. shooting yes. a woman in the face, yes. and then shooting and killing a 19-year-old attendant at a tobacco shop. That's, that's unheard of. That is unheard of, isn't it? Well, to this extent, I think, and to the age, yes, very, very rare uh, to have this. Uh, but it was like a nine-day crime spree. I mean, that's what it was. You go go from the 21st to the 30th and with the incident there on the 24th. Um, and, you know, we, we know the surveillance video did not show the second 14-year-old. We're talking about the tobacco robbery and shooting. Yeah. Uh, but obviously he had he had some involvement. That's why police, I don't know if he was outside or, yeah. you know, what his involvement was in the commission of the crime. But they have, they have charged both of them with all three of those crimes. My goodness. All right. Story posted at WVMetroNews.com. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. All right, thanks. Uh, Real quick, uh, the update is I don't have an update on the Jimmy Riston story. Secretary of Transportation stopped by the police uh, last week, and we keep hearing he was given a breathalyzer, uh, was was given a ride home. He was not charged. I want to make that clear. He was not charged. There are two tracks here of investigation. One is by the Charleston City Police uh, doing an internal investigation as to how it was handled, and also, there is this increasing suspicion, which I would I'll call a suspicion, that it, that possibly Riston was set up 
that somebody was tailing him or following him for some reason and perhaps uh, and, and called in this report that Riston was driving erratically and there's some question now whether he actually was driving erratically. So two tracks of this investigation right now. I was checking this morning. I don't have anything new on that yet. It is nobody's. To my knowledge, nobody's covering it up. Certainly the administration isn't. They're waiting for the Charleston police to finish their investigation, and I think that will shed a lot of light on that story. Text Toppy, well, because they mandated Baby Olivia video, I would not allow my child to see it. What about choice? Sometimes when there is something that a school is going to do, when it could be viewed as controversial, parents are alerted and there is an opt-out. I just checked and I I don't have this positive. I don't think there's an opt-out for baby Olivia. But to me, the larger issue is um, why is the West Virginia legislature dictating to the public schools a a specific video by a specific vendor about a controversial subject well, it's controversial because it's going to lead to the it's linked to the abortion thing about a subject that's going to be discussed. That to me seems isn't that a teacher issue? I mean, if you're for local control, isn't that a school board issue or a teacher issue? Hoppy, you're running cover for the Republicans again. They aren't for parental, child, individual choice or rights. Republicans want to control what you do. How am I running cover? I just said. I just said, as I've said a number of times, what I'm doing is reporting on these bills so we can be informed on these bills and what's going on, but also said that I see a level of hypocrisy here when Republicans talk about empowering parents on certain issues and other issues they don't want to empower the parents. All right. 304 Talk 304. Hoppy, love this stuff. Easy answer to Republican is inconsistency in trans, LGBT, and other issues. If it relates to sex, i.e. abortion, they want to control it. 304 Talk 304. Uh, Let's see. Hoppy, children are not truly aware of the ramifications of permanently altering their bodies and the possibility of becoming infertile if they take sex hormones. So many adults are now coming forward with regrets, and some are suing doctors who mutilated their bodies. Already in West Virginia, you cannot do surgery. It wasn't done anyway. You can't do uh, sex reassignment surgery in West Virginia uh, on a minor. Okay, you can't do that. And uh, it wasn't being done on a minor anyway. This is about medication that is currently allowed, if two doctors approve, to help a child with gender dysphoria to deal with what they're going through. And it would have to be two doctors and the parents. Two doctors and the parents would would have to sign off on that. Um, Let's see. Hoppy, how is more capital related to Shelley Moore Capital? Son. More Capito is Shelley Moore Capito's son. Uh, that comment makes no sense. We'll take a break. When we come back on Metro News Talk Line, we're going to have representatives of AFT West Virginia and the WVEA. Why? Because they have a significant announcement to make on this program when Talk Line continues in three minutes on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
It's 1130. Let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Radio Network. Find out what's happening statewide this hour all across the great state of West Virginia. West Virginia Metro News, I'm Chris Lawrence. Expect Marathon 4 sessions today on Crossover Day at the Capitol. By the end of today, any bill with a chance to survive has to be out of the chamber where it originated. Starting tomorrow, the House will only consider Senate bills and the Senate only consider House bills. And a number of those advanced Tuesday, including a bill to allow student-athletes to participate in travel ball teams at the same time that they're playing the same sports for their high school. Senator Amy Grady of Mason County said the legislation is about freeing up parents to make choices for their children. What I think is irrational is that we, or the school system, or the SSAC, thinks that they should be able to tell parents what they can allow their child to do on a Saturday when they're sitting at home with them. SSAC Executive Director David Price worries about the wear and tear on student-athletes' health who won't get adequate rest or time for other things like their academics. I understand that she's saying it's a parent choice that they get to do this and everything. Well, you know, in high school it comes down to a lot of times that athlete making that decision. And it's going to put a lot of pressure, undue pressure, on an athlete. That bill now headed to the House. AARP has delivered a petition with 1,300 signatures of West Virginians who support a bill to eliminate the income tax on Social Security benefits. Legislation to do that would be phased in gradually. The House passed it last week. The legislation is supported by Governor Jim Justice, who may talk about it this hour in his weekly press briefing. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Hey, this is Donnie Davison from the Davison Brothers, and if there's one thing we love as much as country music, it's hunting and fishing. Come join me at the region's premier outdoor sports show Saturday and Sunday, March 2nd and 3rd at Milan Park in Morgantown. Check out over 100,000 square feet of everything outdoors all under one roof. Full event details online now at wvoutdoorsportsshow.com. The West Virginia Fishing, Hunting, and Outdoor Sports Show this weekend at Milan Park in Morgantown. I'm Eddie Carter, Senior Project Manager for Civil and Environmental Consultants. As a lifelong West Virginian, it's been great to see the economic wins that our great state is enjoying. CEC is proud to play a part in preparing our state and communities to welcome companies looking to expand, relocate, and grow. When you contact CEC, we'll be right by your side to assist in preparing for the companies and people who also want to call West Virginia home. At CEC, we engineer progress in the great state of West Virginia. Find out what CEC can do for you at wearecec.com. HealthNet will soon have new aircraft. The company announcing the purchase of four new Airbus H-135 helicopters, a $35 million investment. The four new choppers will replace the current helicopters based in Millwood, Buchanan, Lewisburg, and Moundsville. Some significant weather happening all across the state today. Some violent thunderstorms have been cropping up this morning, creating the chance for flash flooding, but also packing high winds and the potential for hail and maybe even the possibility of a tornado, according to the National Weather Service. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Chris Lawrence. Welcome back to Talkline on Metro News from the AARP broadcast location at the Incove Insurance Studios. Let me get away from Crossover Day for a minute. Joined by Dale Lee, president of the West Virginia Education Association. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, Hoppy. And also Fred Albert, president of AFT West Virginia. Fred, good morning to you. Good morning, Hoppy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You guys have a major announcement to make that's been in the works for months. Who wants to make it? Fred, go ahead. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for having us on today, Hoppy. Of course. Uh, AFT West Virginia and WVEA, we have been in talks for a couple of years now about what our future might look like. Um, 
what what do we want to do? What what would best serve our members and our students in public education in West Virginia? So throughout those talks, we've just we have had the blessing of our national leaders, uh, Randy Weingarten, president of AFT, and Becky Pringle, president of NEA. We've had conversations with them, our executive board and our executive committee, uh, and we have we feel that it, it would be best to have. A more of a unified voice and and look to the future with a new organization that is merged so you're merging so these two organizations in west virginia that are is, merging that is our hope you know the, uh, uh, the final vote would be up to our members but that's the plan that's what we've been talking about and and we're excited about the future and we'll talk about why dale our governing bodies it's for us it's our delegate assembly and for fred it's convention and both of them had a special session special meeting to approve the value statements that gives us the opportunity to form the Constitution and bylaws in a new organization based on the values of the members and, and give us the, the a unanimous approval from both of our uh, governing bodies to move forward in this attempt to hopefully have the, the merger ready and, and our timeline is September of, of 2025. This is significant because as long as I have been around, I've known these two organizations. Right. I go back to days of Judy Hale yes. and also the Godfather at WVEA. And, and sometimes, many times, you guys butted heads. And you sure. may have had similar interests, but you know, you're know you in a competition for members. Right. So Dale, I'll start with you. What brought you guys together? Well, we saw in, in 2018 the importance of us having to have a unified voice. And it wasn't just uh, our two organizations. It was the service personnel organization and really the communities, the superintendents, and everyone who made a valiant stand in 2018 and 2019 for public education. We also saw that a target got on our back with that. And you've seen that in the, in the legislative sessions since that. It doesn't make sense with all the attacks on public education, with all the uh, bills telling us what to teach, when to teach, how to teach, and everything else, that we continue to fight each other for members, that we need to, if, if we're going to save public education in West Virginia, it's going to have to be a united effort. Fred, will there be greater, how much, will, how much more will the organization be strengthened if you're together as opposed to parallel paths. I think it's going to make a huge difference because it's going to be attractive maybe to some of our educators who do not belong to either at the moment. And it's it's going to be something better. Uh, that's that's our goal. With the value statements, we want to make a better organization than either one of us have currently. And we both like what we have, but we think that we can be stronger under a unified uh, movement. Fred Alberts with his president of AFT West Virginia Daily, president of the WVEA. So what would this organization look like? Are there just shared values then, or how will the leadership be done? What's the relationship with the national organization? AFT is associated with AFL-CIO. What about some of those issues, Fred? Well, we're working on that, and that's the, that's the work that lies ahead of us, and we are working. We're meeting regularly uh, to discuss all of those issues, but we also have... Uh, Colleagues, such as in Minnesota, who have done this, they just celebrated their 25th anniversary of a merged state. They had AFT and NEA in Minnesota, and now they're called Education Minnesota. So they've they've already done this, and they have told us it's one of the best things they've ever done for public education. Dale, with these two organizations, your membership would be up to what? Oh, I, 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 we don't reveal numbers right now, but it's important to note that uh, 
when we come up with all the documents and, and everything, they will go to both of our governing bodies again, our delegate assembly and their convention, and it will be a vote of those governing bodies to do the final merger on that. So it's not just something that we as the leadership are deciding to do. It's it's the vote of the governing bodies, our delegate assembly, their convention, ultimately, and, and we expect that to happen sometime next year. Uh, Josh Sword is president of AFL-CIO. He's not on mic, but are you are you up on this? Josh has been very valuable in this. He has uh, uh, been meeting with us regularly since the very beginning. As a matter of fact, uh, Jim Bowen, uh, sure. the late Jim yeah. Bowen, uh, hammered to me over and over. It, it makes no sense to have two organizations. And uh, Jim really and, and Josh were instrumental in bringing us together. And, and I also have to give a shout-out to uh, our executive director, Kim Randolph, who has uh, been a stalwart in all these discussions and making sure that we're staying on point and, and doing what's best for our members, the educators of West Virginia, and most importantly, the students and public education. Will you... Um and I think, Dale, and well, both of you talk about, we were just talking about the baby Olivia thing, and I think you all are increasingly frustrated. You're, I, I, if I can speak for you, I think you're pleased that there have been more pay raises. You always want to make more money, those kinds of things. But you've been increasingly frustrated by some of the things the legislature is doing, like the baby Olivia thing. So if you join forces going forward, would you be able to exert more more um, influence with lawmakers, Dale, on those kinds of things? Well, I think not only will we have a little more influence because they won't be able to play us against each other, which they've Does done. Does that happen in, now? In, oh, yes. It's happened many times. many times in the past. But it will also uh, give us a stronger voice to make in going into elections to make these political decisions and, and to making sure that people know where we stand and, and which politicians do what they say and which ones give us lip service only when they're running for election. So there's a, there's a huge difference. So, so, Fred, there will be then a combining of resources in one form or another that can be used po- as a, in a political action committee Absol- form? Absolutely. And, and, and our, a unified voice. You know, we will all be – and we've asked for this many, many times as we are to have us at the table let us be some of the stakeholders and that just doesn't always happen so hopefully we will be seen in a different light as a unified uh, merged organization but the other good thing about this is our members both members will still be part of the national organizations both aft and nea do they have to pay dues to both that is part of what we have to work out It, it will be it will be a formula that's from the, the mergers of the other states, and there's uh, five or six other states, there's a formula driven from all So that. you're not paying, like, no, twice you're not, dues? No, you're not or, paying no. double dues, no. I, I, You know, again, both of you, lifetime educators, lifetime involvement in these organizations, Fred, what does this mean to you? Because, you know, I, I heard about this, I've been hearing about this for a while, and I was kind of stunned when I heard about it because I, I know the history here. What does this mean to you as a lifetime member of AFT and, and lifetime educator? Well, I think that, you know, we have to get beyond the past, and we have to look to the future. And I think that's, that's the exciting part. I'm, I'm, you know, getting up in years. I'm not speaking for Dale, but I know that I'm getting up in years. And, and we need younger people. We need to pass the torch at some point. And I think passing the torch in this way to a new organization is going to bring about a lot of excitement and a lot of new uh, infused members. Dale, what do you say? You know, 
you know the history. You know the battles that we've had over the years. It came to a point where I had to put my personal battles and feelings aside to do what's best for public education and for the educators of West Virginia. And, And it really hit me. When in November I spoke at the AFT convention. Wait a minute, what? Uh, yes. yes, we invited him, and he yes, came and, and, and I was a, a, a keynote speaker, at, and and that's when it when it dawned on me: this is real. This this is something that's going to make us stronger. It's going to make uh, a better voice for public education and for our members. And we're designing something with the members' input. And it's not just us that's, that's no. doing it. We're going to have focus groups and, and different things like that that uh, uh, members will have a, a say in, in what they want to perceive in a new organization. Where are the service workers in all this? Uh, we will have service workers in this. The, but there's also they have their own association, yes, right? Yes, they do. Yes. But okay. we have locals in, our, in both you of our service workers in your organization as well. Person. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it. we value their membership, and we expect to have – their voice included in all of whatever the new organization is. Well, I must say, I never thought I would see this day. Well, I never thought it. I, I think many of us never thought it. And, and I have to tell you, it's one of the reasons that 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 I am sticking around as I am is in my heart for my daughter, who's who's a teacher, and for my two grandkids, grandsons that will go to public school. This is what we have to do to save public education and to be a voice for them. And, and that's that's driving me, and that's the reason. I'd much rather be with those two grandsons, but but this is so important that, that uh, we want to make sure this happens. Is this your old swan song? Well, who knows about that, but I can only speak for myself. I w- I've always thought that I would be retired by now, but I'm, I'm excited, as I said, about what lies ahead, and I want to be a part of... of for a while, anyway, of, of getting this done and, and making sure that public education remains strong in our state. All right. Fred Albert, president of AFT West Virginia, WVA President Daly, announcing that these organizations, these longtime separate organizations, sometimes they've gotten along, many times they haven't, but it's been a divided uh, effort on public education in West Virginia are going, are starting down the path toward a merger to be one organization. That's Thank right. you both. Thank, Thank you, you Hoppy. Thank, Thank you for breaking this. Yeah, all right. Take a break and be back. Talk line continues. We'll return in just a moment. It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the health plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses. And we are all moving forward together. We are here for you. The Health Plan. With 17 hospitals and 190 outpatient locations, more than 13,000 employees and 2,000 providers, Vandalia Health provides expert care close to home. Comprised of the CAMC, Davis, and Mon Health Systems, Vandalia Health focuses on patient-centered care by improving healthcare access, patient outcomes, quality of life, and reducing costs for our patients. We are committed to our communities across West Virginia and beyond. Learn more about our locations and services at VandaliaHealth.org. Attention businesses, your staff is your first line of defense against cyber threats. And we all know that a simple act of clicking on a malicious link in an email can create disaster for your company. But now, cyber criminals are utilizing tactics beyond email. CityNet is here to help. 
are engaging in cost-effective online training modules make learning about cybersecurity and identifying the latest tactics a breeze. Provide your team with the knowledge to strengthen your defense. Call CityNet today at 1-844-CityNet or visit us at citynet.net. This is TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. I shot him. He ran over to the edge of the field. He, he made it about five, ten yards out of the edge of the field and fell over there. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. He stuck his head through the blind into where you were yeah yeah well he had jumped he leaped over the blind oh gosh you know (laughs) yeah so he had his whole body was in the air for a couple seconds and uh, the only thing that landed in the blind was you know of course his head and his front leg west virginia outdoors covers it all saturday mornings at 706 a.m and for your daily fix outdoors today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on metro news the voice of west virginia Hey everybody, it's Tony Caridi. And I'm Greg Hunter. And I'm Brad Howe. And we invite you to join us Sunday through Fridays right here on the Metro News Radio Network. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line. We talk West Virginia University football, basketball, baseball, you name it. If it's got anything to do with the Golden Blue, we're on it. And don't forget the text line available every night. So we invite you to join us. The Senator, Coach Hunter, and me, Tony Caridi. It's the CityNet Statewide Sports Line on Metro News. News in the Mountain State happens quick. And for decades, you have depended on Metro News for accurate news delivered fast. Now, here's your chance to help keep your fellow West Virginians informed. If you see news happening, become a Metro News Hawk by texting news to 35651. If you take a picture or video of what you see, submit that as well. Text the word news to 35651 to submit your tip or story. Standard texting rates apply. Please don't text and drive. News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival is brought to you by Encova Insurance. Encircling you with coverage to protect what you care about most. Visit Encova.com to learn more. Uh, that is significant news. The WVEA and AFT West Virginia, which uh, now, t- because they've been, oftentimes they just didn't get along, you know, competing for members. And now they're going to merge, which together they will represent a significant majority. They don't give their numbers out. But what are there, like 18,000, 19,000 educators in West Virginia? And together, they will represent a significant majority of those educators. So I think this, um, together, they have a more significant voice uh, in West Virginia. So that's a, that's a huge announcement today. By the way, uh, Leslie Rubin, WCHS-TV, reporting on Governor Justice's briefing this morning at the Jimmy Wriston traffic stop. Charleston Police Department internal investigation. Uh, Leslie quotes the governor saying, my feelings are really simple. I'll address it. And right now there's enough stuff here that doesn't look very good. But let's just wait. Let's just wait. So, again, I know anytime you don't hear anything for a couple of days, you think, okay, they're covering things up. That, that I would tell you if that was the case. That is not the case here. This is, 
There's the Charleston Police Department ongoing investigation. Uh, the, the administration is certainly very, very tuned into this. Uh, obviously, the governor is, and as I've said, I think there are two tracks here, and that is the internal investigation by the Charleston Police Department, how they handled the traffic stop with Riston and uh, the breathalyzer test, uh, given a ride home. I'm not suggesting, I'm not suggesting that he was drinking or anything like that. I'm just reporting what we know. Uh, and the other path is, was he set up? Because there's, in, there's increasing uh, information that indicates that somebody was following him and called the police, but why? So there, there are tentacles to this story that are still uh, unfolding. Let me go to some texts. Uh, let's see. I don't have time for all that. Hoppy short and sweet travel teams should never be playing games during the determined high school sports season. Otherwise, we have the extra travel teams select only the students that did not qualify would rather travel instead of being on the school-level team. I don't, I, I've just been educating myself on this, and I, I just don't like it. That something about this doesn't seem right. I mean, high school athletics take up a lot of time anyway. They're important to the school, important to the student, important to the parents. These travel teams, I know that some parents and kids love them, but, boy, they get really... They chew up a lot of time. There's a lot of travel. It gets very expensive. And, and I think that Senator Grady said, well, right now there isn't a conflict, that these travel teams don't, don't operate in the same season. Okay, but that's because they can't. But if you change the law, I think you're going to see travel teams pop up during the season. And then the students are going to have to, and the parents going to have to make the decision among the school team or travel team. Can I do both? Text Toppy, as a coach at a West Virginia high school, I don't care if it's Randy Moss, no one will be on my team at the same time and be on a travel team. The student owes that to his teammates that he lives with and the school that he attends. And also, the I, I know the pitch, and again, I, I only know enough to be dangerous here, but I know the pitch for travel teams and going to these tournaments is, well, you're gonna get you, people are going to see you there. That's where you're going to be seen. But I am told that some of these travel team events where they, there's an expense to participate, that there aren't, it's not like a bunch of coaches are there all the time. Some, yes. Some, yes. But not every one of these travel team events attracts, like, top coaches in the country are going to be there, or any coaches for that matter. All right. Um, Hoppy, reading your Huggins piece the other day got me thinking this. While I agree he cannot be brought back, his conference record for the last five years, uh, that in of itself would be terms for termination. Dug his own grave when he was given a second chance, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that, that got a lot of feedback, believe me. That Well, I, I just, what I wrote was, that, and I want to be clear about this because I know there's been a lot of discussion about it. The point of the piece was that, from my reporting, when there is a search for a permanent replacement, which I suspect is already underway, and it could be Josh Eilert, that's not my call, I don't know, but Ren Baker said there would be a search. He made that clear when he hired Eilert. He said, going to be a search, and Eilert can apply. The point of the piece was, 
that I can say with certainty that even if he wanted to be included, that the highest uh, officials in the athletic department and Stuart Hall and the Board of Governors do not want Huggins on that list and that Huggins would not be on that list, even if he wanted to be on that list. Talk line continues. We'll return to the state capitol right after this. I'm Senator Mike Stewart, the former United States attorney, and I'm running for attorney general. I've already had President Trump's support as his personal pick for United States attorney. And we're both endorsed by the West Virginia Coal Association. I took on drug dealers, corruption, and even prosecuted two members of the state Supreme Court. I believe in God, family, country, and West Virginia. I say Merry Christmas and God bless you. I support President Trump and his America First agenda. Law enforcement, our Second Amendment, parents, and good schools. It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the health plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families. We are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, The Health Plan. What if you played the West Virginia Lottery? Because you play. I have a place to exercise after my knee replacement. Because you play, I can enjoy nature's views at the state park with my grandchildren. Because you play, new schools continue to be built across the state. Each time you play the West Virginia Lottery, a portion from every purchase goes back to seniors, tourism, and education. More than $12.4 billion since 1986. West Virginia Lottery, what if you played? new episode of Live Healthy West Virginia is now posted on the podcast center of metronews.com. Why are cancer cases surging in adults under 50 in West Virginia and worldwide? Unfortunately, it's in multiple cancer types, but mostly it's seen in colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, breast cancer, and kidney cancers. Listen to Live Healthy West Virginia for candid conversations with insights about improving your health and well-being. Live Healthy West Virginia is presented by WVU Medicine. You're listening to TalkLine on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. WVMetroNews.com, the only website you need to stay informed in the Mountain State. Get the latest news and sports stories, information on the great outdoors, and never miss an episode of your favorite Metro News programs and podcasts, including TalkLine, Hotline, SportsLine, and Three Guys Before the Game. Make a bookmark now and visit WVMetroNews.com first thing every morning to find out what's happening all across the state. WVMetroNews.com. West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state. Award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years. Stocked fish for repatriation purposes, so that's reintroduction, reestablishment of brook trout and two of those streams. The oldest that we have worked on, the earliest ones that we started putting fish into, uh, we've noticed natural reproduction in both of those streams. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. It, it was a pretty good flight. It took me about 10 minutes to get it in. My dad actually had to run to the truck and grab a net because there's no way 
I could lift him up over top of the rail. West Virginia Outdoors covers it all. Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, Outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. It's two hours of sports conversation to wrap up your weekend. It's the CityNet Sunday Night Sports Line. Hey, this is Travis Jones. Join myself and Greg Hunter every Sunday night from 6.06 until 8 o'clock as we wrap up the sports weekend. We talk Mountaineers, High School, Mountain East Conference, and the latest in the national scene. The Sunday Sports Line is listener interactive. You can call or text the show at 304-TALK-304. It's a perfect weekend sports wrap-up on your favorite Metro News affiliate or watch the show at WVMetroNews.com. Jackpots in the millions here in West Virginia. Who doesn't want to be a millionaire? Get in the Powerball drawings Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. The Mega Millions drawings on Tuesdays and Fridays. Will you be the next big winner? Play today. The Powerball jackpot is $412 million. The Mega Millions jackpot, $607 million. Text Hoppy, this legislative session feels frighteningly close to Sharia law in Islamic extremist countries. It's very unsettling. Your thoughts? Well, two thoughts uh, very quickly in the last 30 seconds. One is that uh, the government we get, we deserve. These people are elected, and they are carrying out the wishes of those who sent them here. So let's look at it that way. The second is I think that one of the things that what I'm seeing a lot of is Republicans inserting themselves in issues that historically have been a matter of local control or not necessarily the state government's business. I will see you tomorrow from the Capitol. This has been Talk Line on Metro News. Metro News is the voice of West Virginia. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.